You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Today's podcast is sponsored by Thera Health's Omega-3 Rich Product Arctic Cod Liver Oil by Nordic Naturals. At the JCN Clinic, we prescribe a lot of Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil. Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil provides a combination of anti-inflammatory support alongside naturally high levels of vitamin D and vitamin A. We also love Nordic Naturals Children's DHA liquid with the benefits of supporting mental function and visual development in little ones. The liquid is a kid-friendly strawberry flavour that can be taken straight off the spoon or added to smoothies or juice. The naturally occurring vitamin D in Nordic Naturals cod liver oil helps modulate our immune system, while vitamin A is integral to our mucosal immunity. Both of these vitamins providing beneficial support for your gut health. If you would like to try Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil, you can do so through TheraHealth today at therahealth.com.au. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. Today, I'm Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, does she want Michelle to jump in here? Like, get that out. We fucked it up already. Before we started, we planned our intro, and as you can see, it just went seamlessly. Nailed it. Just classic. Now, that other voice you can hear with us today is Michelle Mayer. She is someone you may have heard on the podcast before. You're going to hear lots from her today. Um, but Michelle was with us at JCN. Ooh, how long has it been? I think yeah, a year and a half now. I think year and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Michelle is now an amazing personal trainer. Um, slash, I'm not even sure I'm going to let her explain what she does because maybe personal trainer isn't doing that justice. I feel and like she's it's not going doing to be talking. No, no, exactly. (laughs) Um, But she will be talking today with us all about training through pregnancy, which is quite apt considering this month we're putting the spotlight on fertility at JCN. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. (laughs) I should have waited for my cue. (laughs) It wouldn't be our podcast if it didn't go rogue. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Thanks so much, Jess and Carissa, for having me on. It's lovely to see you both and be here again today. Um, So yeah, personal trainer. Am I a personal trainer? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, tell us about you. Yeah, um, so I guess I was a personal trainer and moved online when COVID hit. COVID closed the gyms and kind of forced me to bring everything online. So since then, I call myself an online fitness and nutrition coach for women. And what that involves is strength training, primarily, and nutrition coaching to help women get into the best shapes of their lives and actually see results. Because what I found in the gym was that we were getting strong and and having a good time, and that was great. But women, we weren't getting the results that people wanted. Mm -hmm. So so that's what I do now. I work online with women like yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And I should add that. Oh, sorry. I feel like it's so hard. What do you say, Carissa? I was going to say, I explain you to my clients as a women's physique expert. (laughs) I like it. I'll take that that one too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I should definitely add that Michelle is someone that we refer a lot to at the JCN Clinic. Uh, You'll find her even in our team list page. So we have so much confidence in what she does and know that our clients are in trusted hands. So that's why we're super excited to have her with us today to just niche into this area a bit more. Because last time Michelle joined us, we talked more generally about the space of training for women. 
Um, I think we did talk, we touched a little bit on training around um, the menstrual cycle, but other than that, it was more general. So today we really want to dive into the pregnancy space because Michelle has very first-hand experience with this at the moment. How many weeks are you at at the moment for our listeners? So today I am 37 weeks pregnant, first pregnancy. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll get through the podcast. Point. Yeah, exactly. Anything can happen. <laughs> I, um, I caught Gary, who is Michelle's husband, this morning doing a live, or I think, he, I think it was live when I saw them up and, yeah, they were talking about where you're at and Gary was very much, could happen any moment, watch this space. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that, but I'm still in the mindset of, no, 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 I've got a few weeks. You know, I'm yeah. like, come on, baby, we, we've got a few weeks here, so... Let's see. But then everyone keeps sending me messages saying, I waited 36 weeks and I waited 37 weeks. So anything could happen. So let's get started. So obviously, as you just explained, you work as an online fitness and nutrition coach. So there's a lot that you do within that. But today we want to talk more specifically about this um, sort of prenatal space and in, into pregnancy. So first, let's start with what a pre and postnatal trainer can actually do for you and what they can provide to help you. Um, I guess, you know, there's two aspects of that. There's that preconception space, but also more specifically today talking about pregnancy, how that can be a valuable asset for you to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, coming back to what I said, I did train as a personal trainer. It was just over four years ago now. And that's when I was working with you guys at the clinic. Since then, I've gone and done my, or almost finished my nutrition degree at Endeavor. So in case people are wondering where the nutrition comes in, that's the whole nutrition side of things. But then whilst working as a PT, I noticed um, a gap in my knowledge around training mothers and even pregnant ladies. And I kind of realized, oh, I don't know. I don't even know the terminology around pregnancy and pelvic floor, and I don't have the confidence to ask those questions. So I, I realized that I need to go and get some more training. So I did, I qualified as a pre and postnatal trainer a couple of years ago. And what that has done has just allowed me to understand um, what happens in pregnancy, what to expect, what to look out for during pregnancy. And what I like to think about is it kind of bridges the gap between the physiotherapy technical talk and the everyday mom who just wants to come in and, and move and do her training session and, and train safely and know that what she's doing is, is okay. So that was the big thing for me to be able to communicate with my clients and train them safely. Cause that was obviously a concern for me as a coach, you know, people were coming in either post-pregnancy or during pregnancy. And I wanted to make sure that we weren't a doing any damage and b making sure we were uh, doing things safely. And I was instilling confidence in my clients. So it bridges the gap between your physiotherapy appointments or your GP appointments and your, your everyday training. Um, so the things I learned in that course, and this was over two years ago now, before I knew anything about pregnancy. And honestly, the things I learned were so eye-opening. I was like, wow, the, <laughs> the body is amazing. <laughs> pregnancy is amazing. <laughs> Women are amazing. Um, so I learned all about what happens when you go through pregnancy, the pressure, different pressures that is placed on your body. So now I know, you know what to look out for in a client what to teach my clients to look out for, um, the specific questions to ask, the confidence to ask those questions, um, and how to train their pelvic floor, uh, when to see a physio. So really just giving women that confidence to continue to train during pregnancy um, and how to approach that is the main thing. Do you find too, and I might be jumping ahead, but it is mm -hmm. uh, of interest at this point, you explaining that so well, do you find there's still a lot of women that are fearful of training with pregnancy or do you feel like most women you see are up for it? I do believe there's more fear out there still hmm. than women who are up for it. And what I see is a lot of women actually stepping back from what they've been doing as soon as they get pregnant and they think, oh, I can't do that. Now, there are things you, you really shouldn't do and that's things like high impact exercises like um, rock climbing or jumping out of a plane or, <laughs> you know, even hot yoga. <laughs> um, 
there's obviously certain sports. <laughs> no jumping out of planes. Yeah, which funnily enough, that's the first thing my GP said to me. She said, yeah, you continue to exercise, but don't jump out of planes, don't run a marathon. And um, something else, something else high impact, like jumping. So yes, there's, there's certain things that you don't want to do, but there's definitely a lot of fear out there still. And from my training, as soon as I got pregnant, I had so much confidence knowing that what I can do is is safe and I can continue to do what I have been doing because because I have been doing it and I have the knowledge and knowledge is power as you know so I think it's it's maybe a lack of knowledge out there and a lack of awareness um around what women should and shouldn't be doing or what they can and can't do and even the the course the training that I did when I spoke to my women's health physio during my pregnancy I showed her the information that I had learned and what I've been told and she even said that's so conservative She's like, no, no, you can actually do a lot more than that. But obviously, you know, we've been trained to keep everyone safe mm. as well. Um, so there's more and more research. So the physio, women's health physio that I've been seeing um, here in Brisbane, Laurie Forner is her name, amazing physio. She's actually doing a PhD into all of this at the moment. So she's actually involved in the research. And she is telling me, and she has a good podcast as well, about how most recent research is showing that... Um, we can actually do a lot more than we think as pregnant women. We don't need to hold back. And as long as we're low risk, this is the thing. Mm. You, you'll be told whether you're a high risk pregnancy or you're a low risk pregnancy based on your symptoms, based on your history, based on lots of different things. But if you are deemed low risk, there's actually more benefits to training and being active to both mom and bub than not doing anything at all. Mm, so it's encouraged. Sense. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's, it's such a time of growth for everyone. <laughs> so, um, so when you know, just being able to speak to her uh, instills such confidence in me to continue training as well. Um, and I have done that all the way up through my pregnancy, so that's been good. So I, I think um, number one is arming yourself with as much knowledge as you can, and getting as much support as you can is key. Absolutely. I feel like if anyone has followed your journey or follows you on social media, they've obviously seen you training from start to near finish. And I, I feel like it's really um, cool to see because I think obviously all of us go to gyms, all of us are very much in the fitness space and all of that. But I don't think it, it is a, a common thing to see a woman with a massive bump lifting weights um, and I think yes. that's really cool. Like that's why I freaking love watching your stuff because here you are at the gym with this little, well, it's a big gut now, <laughs> still doing yeah. like, and I know we talked about this early on, like obviously you've backed off your weights and things like that. But I think, I think it's real. I, I just really love watching it because I think, like you said, for a lot of women, there's a lot of fear around training and there's a lot of, you know, what they can and can't do. And with the right guidance, and I know like I've had a few clients in this space as well, they have weight trained effectively throughout their entire pregnancy and with no harm or risk mm -hmm. to the baby when obviously they're armed with the right knowledge in what they're doing and obviously working with a trainer mm -hmm. like yourself. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's really cool to see because I think it's a bit of a shock factor for a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Like I think mm. I'd be amazed to just even hear your feedback from people if you've had any sort of interesting feedback from people in the gym space, like any comments or something like that because I feel like whenever someone pushes the boundaries a bit or what is seen to be pushing the boundaries against the norm, I'm sure there's some people with something to say. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's such an interesting point that you bring up, actually, because pregnancy is not an illness. And when exactly. you're, you know, a low risk pregnancy and the thing is, um, you can be as healthy as anything going into pregnancy and, and think, oh, yeah, I'll continue to still train. But there are mothers out there who, for some reason, haven't been able to train. Um, so it, it really is a case by case basis. Um, and I feel very lucky that I have been able to still move and stay active and, and lift weights throughout my pregnancy. And um, who knows if I had a second pregnancy, it may not be the same because really what I've learned is that every pregnancy is different, no matter mm. what state of health the mother is in. So there is a certain amount of luck there as well. But um, I was also shocked. So I, I'm going to the gym feeling great. Yes, getting bigger and feeling like, you know, a bit more waddly as we go. <laughs> But I'm still going to the gym to move, just like anyone else. 
And then as soon as I post a bump photo on uh, social media, um, the responses and just the the views, the views have increased. Wow. And that was sho- that really shocked me. I was like, oh, wow, people like to see a bump. Firstly, it was like just cute bump photos and, and those kind of responses. But then in the gym, the, the views did did increase. And I just thought, wow, that's so interesting. Um, so from my perspective, I'm going to the gym to train because I feel good and it makes me feel good. And it's been helping with my mental health throughout pregnancy as well, mm. big time. And um, I always leave the gym feeling great. And I have absolutely adapted my sessions to suit. And there have been days where I've gone in to train and um, done a little bit and then chose to go for a walk instead because it's just what I was feeling that day. So there, there are days like that. But um, for me, it's so normal. You know, I'm, yes, I'm growing and getting bigger, but it's, it's just a thing I've always done and would probably mm. continue to do. So yes, it is probably shocking. And I do have to remind myself of that, that it is probably shocking for a lot of people to see. <laughs> um, but I hope, I hope I'm showing people in a positive light what is possible. Um, and I'm not just someone who's, you know, um, pushing the boundaries for the sake of a bit of attention or anything like that. It's, it's oh, nothing yeah. like that. It's just probably about, I don't know, I want to say five years. It might be a little longer there was a couple of more, um, I guess, more like quite high profile trainers that mm-hmm. were posting about training through their pregnancy. And at that point, they were being slammed. Like, and they, they were, were you know, very fit women um, who obviously, like you're saying, there's a level of training that your body is used to and your own pregnancy and your own experience. And yeah, like the, the the sort of negativity that they were getting and the, the, I would almost say the hate that they were getting mm. as far as like putting the baby at risk with the training. Mm. Like I just remember being absolutely gobsmacked by that and I think that it's something that we've grown better at understanding but there's still – seems to be like an element as you said of like curiosity and a bit of shock factor to still see a pregnant woman um lifting weights yeah 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 and that's such a good point now in the gym that I go to I know the staff pretty well I've been going there quite a long time nobody has has said anything negative they've all just been really encouraging smiling asking me when I'm due just things like that and and Mm. And they also know that I am a trainer as well. So mm. I have that quiet confidence about just going about doing my own thing in the gym. Um, I'm sure there's a shock factor, absolutely. Um, now, I haven't actually received any negative That's comments so or good. anything. I love hearing um, that. So to, good. To, to my face. <laughs> <laughs> to my face. <laughs> I can only imagine, right, uh, being, being back in Ireland, maybe in a smaller town, in a smaller community, um, I think there would be more comments of concern. Yeah. Um, and and then that would be up to me to just clarify them. You know, that's all. But but yeah, no, I actually haven't had any negativity, which is refreshing. That's so, so good. So I just continue to do what's best for me. But I, I am, you know, checking in with a women's health physio and we'll talk about why that's so important. Um, and funnily enough, every single midwife appointment, the whole way through, the first question they ask is, are you staying active? And what's your weight? You know, so they are checking in on activity levels and healthy weight gain in pregnancy. And that was a, a kind of a nice surprise. I didn't realize they would mm. be so interested in that. Yeah. Kind of um, works well with that, what we're talking about now, like with our next sort of question we wanted to cover as well is like through the trimesters um, with your training and all mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. what, what, like what are some of the body changes that like obviously obviously there's the visual changes that we all see when someone's pregnant or someone experiences but from a more like um not not even physiological but like muscular skeletal or like muscular perspective and all of that like obviously we know there's so many changes in that space like what are some of the things that you know are there that women can be quite mindful of and adapting exercises around and things like that as your as your body grows a bump yeah yeah so the first trimester is typically, it's so well known as the one where you just don't feel great at all. And that's, it is different. It affects everyone at different kind of rates. Um, some people are really, really sick and some people feel absolutely fine. I, I actually spent most of my first trimester in Ireland, funnily enough, the way it worked out. So I was kind of traveling. So there was definitely increased fatigue. So my gym sessions were very short, 
very, very basic gym sessions. And when I came back to Australia, then it was the beginning of the second trimester. And um, I noticed I had lost a lot of strength. And that was down to a combination of both being pregnant and also having had 10 weeks of sporadic training. Um, so the main thing that you you want to be mindful of in the first trimester is, yes, uh, nausea and fatigue. I think they're the most common symptoms. And if you are really fatigued and really nauseous, there's not much you can do. It's, you know, about taking care of yourself first and foremost. Um, but if you feel good, you may be still able to go to the gym. And when I did go to the gym, things I was aware of were um, hormonally, there's an increase in relaxin which I'm sure you've heard of, which the hormone that really relaxes all of your tendons and ligaments and collagen fibers and connective tissue, particularly around your pelvis. And as you know, it grows to support the growing uterus, your uterus expands like, I don't know how many times the size as it usually is, but it's obviously growing. Your center of gravity shifts forward and outwards. So balance is something to be aware of. That's probably later in the trimesters. But um, in the first trimester, it's about moving just to make sure you, you feel good. Um, what can happen as well is because the pelvis is shifting, it can actually change the way you load your knees because it comes down from your hips. So some people might increase or might um, experience some knee pain or a slight imbalance. So um, single leg exercises can be something that a lot of people can't do because it makes them feel uncomfortable, but then a lot of people can continue doing them right up until the end of their pregnancy. So a lot of what I'm going to say is, is really a case by case basis. Mm, as well. But, um, in terms of musculoskeletal changes in the body, um, you will have your postural changes because you've got this growing bump on the front of your body and <laughs> um, there's an increased pressure on your back without a doubt. Um, that's that's their like lower doses, like that little curve at the, the bottom of your spine. That becomes more and more evident as the bump grows. Um, so what I found personally is a greater need to strengthen my back and do these like pulling and rowing back exercises. That has been so good for me personally in my pregnancy. Mm. And I honestly contribute that to not having any back pain during this this whole time so far, touch wood, because I've just really made sure every time I've gone to the gym and they're quite low impact exercises as well because you're just sitting there and you're pulling and mm-hmm. um, so that's been really good um obviously yeah your uterus increases in size um you you gain weight like I'm the heaviest I've ever been so that's something to consider as well so um I'm actually proud that I'm I weigh more than my husband at this point in time <laughs> for the first time ever <laughs> We weigh more. <laughs> As, you know, he's someone who's always about gaining, and I'm like, yeah, beat that. <laughs> Love it. I woke up like this. <laughs> That's so fascinating. So, You've like mentioned quite a few things that honestly I hadn't even thought about about the physicality mm. of the change. I mean, some of them yes, but some of them not about um like I love what you just said, and I think we'll probably explore that a bit more about how the changes physically in your body and adapting and using the training and the exercises that you're doing to help with that like obviously from that back point of view and how you're adapting I just yeah I just it's like almost like of course but just to to hear that explained is fantastic and I'm curious did you um how did you talking about that change of center of gravity how did you personally find that as you've gone through the trimesters with doing your classic, I'm, and I don't know if you're still doing them, um, but things like a deadlift or a squat even, as, and, and how that would obviously affect your balance? That just, yeah, is more of a curious question if that's something that you've obviously had to play around with and, and kind of, or do you, do you find that you just slowly adapt as, because it's slowly growing, you adapt as the bump grows? Yes. Yeah. A a bit of both, to be honest, for me, because I've been training and been lucky to be training so consistently throughout, it's just been slow adaptations over time. Mm. But um, yeah, like in terms of squats, let's just say you're doing a barbell squat pre-pregnancy. You do your squat um, the the way you always have. As the bump Mm. has grown, the main thing for me is slowing down the reps. 
and mm. really taking my time like you should see how slow I go now it's yeah it's you know a, a fraction of the pace that I used to go and there's reasons for that number one is I'm contracting my pelvic floor and I'm highly aware of that during um, each rep and we'll, we could talk about that and um, so that's definitely slowed me down but in a good way and um, then number two at the same time you're trying to maintain even intra-abdominal pressure as you go which is connected to your pelvic floor so slowing it down has kept things nice and safe whilst you, and the thing is the, the weight you lift is individual for everyone number one as i was mm. saying you're a heavier weight yourself and then whatever weight you lift may be moderately heavy but moderately heavy is going to be different for everyone so it's about finding yeah, a weight that a you feel comfortable with and then really slowing it down so for my squats i've gone from just using a normal barbell to a safety bar back squat which is a bar that has handles that comes out either side of your neck right, and you can hold okay. on to the front of you and yeah. it changes the load and it, it makes yeah. the load more evenly spread across the body it's so much safer so much more yeah. comfortable i've been finding that makes sense. Um, yeah yeah so that's in, if your gym has one of them that's really good and if not I've, there's some days where i just didn't feel quite comfortable under a barbell so i went and did some goblet squats mm-hmm. and got a dumbbell or a kettlebell and squat it down um, using that. I might even bring a bench underneath my bum to just give me that extra support. So it's really about listening to your body the whole way through mm. and not putting any pressure on yourself. Um, and I'd say the number one thing as well is uh, it's a maintain phase. We're not here to gain anything. We're not here to grow muscle. We're not here to mm. get PBs or be the strongest person <laughs> in the gym. It's about and this is what I say to my current pregnant clients as well, go in and enjoy, like just love the movement for the sake of being able to move and celebrate. And honestly, every time I caught myself like in the mirror, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, <laughs> look at this big bump and I'm able to move and feel so good. I'm just, mm-hmm. just try and enjoy, look at it from that perspective. Yeah, really well said. So well said. Uh, Well, I was just going to ask, we've kind of touched on some of these as we've gone through, um, mm -hmm. but as far as the benefits of exercise throughout pregnancy, you know, like we could be like, well, why are we doing this? Of course, there's the general health benefits that we know for the average person as far as exercise. Um, but you've even mentioned some there about like the changes that are happening in the body and managing things like back pain, which I just think is fabulous. But are there other standouts that you would say that are just, I'm sure there's plenty that um, you would be like, these are really valuable assets as to why we want you to exercise in pregnancy and even specifically to weight training? Yeah, yeah. So, so number one is if you've been weight training prior to pregnancy, then it's considered that you can continue to do that at some capacity. So it's not like you've never, if you've never done it before, you don't want, you don't want to jump straight into weights if you've never done mm-hmm. it before. So if you're a newbie to exercise when you're pregnant, definitely starting slow and getting guidance is, is really important. Um, but benefits, oh, there's so many. Number one is, yeah, to help your body cope with the physical and physiological changes that are actually happening in the body, the, the increased size of your, your bump and um, the extra pressure that it puts on your joints, your hips, your knees and your feet in particular, my back, all of that, your posture. So being able to cope with those as, as you go is a big one. Um, it's, you know, it promotes healthy weight gain as well, um, which you know, has better outcomes for both mom and bub. If we can gain, you know, we're obviously going to gain a certain amount of weight, but just trying to keep that within a healthy range. And that's, again, going to be different for everyone, depending on Mm -hmm. where you're starting and things like that. Um, Mental health, for me personally, I think training has really helped my mental health and really helped me cope with all these changes um, a lot more so than... um, like say training prior to pregnancy I didn't really notice the mental health benefits as much as I do now during pregnancy and how good it makes me feel and how empowered it makes me feel and that's really a goal for any of my clients who might be training during pregnancy just go in and feel empowered and that will look different for everyone in terms of what you do um then I won't know until a couple of weeks or a couple of months but it's been said to really help postpartum as well with how you feel physically and mentally um, it's even been said to help with during labor as well so um mm, you can check sense. in with me and see if that is the case <laughs> um to have that strength you know because labor yeah. they they liken labor to a marathon and having that endurance 
and having a bit of resilience and being able to push through like those really tough reps. So I'm honestly, the whole time I've been telling myself in the gym during pregnancy is I'm preparing for the biggest workout of my life. Like this is nothing. This is just getting ready. I just had this image when you, I so, had this, I this image when you said like preparing for the really tough reps of just you like in push mode. Oh, just, oh yeah, like a, my brain just totally went there then. Oh, so good. I'm going to say yeah, like, one of my clients actually said to me recently. Um, oh, no, no. I was just going to say like I did definitely um, have noticed and I know obviously labor can go so many ways and there's so many variables that can occur. But just obviously being with so many pregnant women over the last few years and working in the fertility space, I definitely feel like there is a positive anecdotal correlation. Like obviously I know sometimes labor just shit hits the fan and there are things that happen outside of, you know, the woman's mum's control. But I'm going to say anecdotally, I feel like there is a positive correlation with my ladies that have trained um, and it not necessarily always weight training, but kept themselves with a really good, reasonable level of fitness, whether that be a lot of focus and with, with focus on the pelvic floor. Like I know you've mentioned that quite a few times. So we're talking about like yoga, Pilates, walking, gym sessions, and maintained a really good all round balance of t- those types of exercises with labor and postpartum outcomes, like where things haven't gone wrong out of their control. Like I feel like bounce back time is, is a lot, is a lot different. Um, yeah, I've just definitely seen some really positive correlations over the years. I've been in practice with exercise and, and, you know, labor and postpartum outcomes. So I know it's anecdotal, but I just think I've seen enough pregnant ladies over the years. I can sort of make a bit of a call there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I keep getting reminded of that as well through from my own midwives, but also friends in the industry as well. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's the best thing for either labor or postpartum. And I'm like, well, let's let's wait and see how that personally affects me, you know, because it is anecdotal, a lot of that. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, if it feels good, do it. If it's within your limitations, do it. If it's something you're well experienced in and you've got given the go ahead from either women's health physio or fitness professional, some, a pre and postnatal trainer, and who understands, do it. So it's, it's all about, I think, working within the, the, um, the barriers of safety. And, and then when you've got that go ahead, that green light, you'll feel more confident to actually go out and do that as well. And whether that's your yoga, Pilates training or a walk, they're mm. all beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, Jess, you were asking about deadlifts. Um, so squats, I, I mentioned I've changed that that safety bar but deadlifts yes that's been really interesting i've had to take a much wider stance to accommodate the <laughs> oh, of course of course yeah, yeah so that's been quite funny carissa what do you laugh i just i know because i just love watching your adaptions that's why because i've actually noticed yeah. when i've seen your training videos i love watching your adaptions for the bump and even i know the bar that you're talking about that you switch to for um I don't know what the terminology is. I think it's I think it's a deadlift, deadlift. or something. But that bar, like I know the one because I watched yeah, you do all this bar. stuff. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap bar deadlift, which is a is an amazing deadlift whether you're pregnant or not, you yeah. know. But it's a nice hexagonal shape bar that you step into, and it's just safe and easy. The only issue I've had with that is re-racking it. Actually, putting it back where it belongs. I've actually had to go and ask either Gary or someone else in the gym to do that for me because it's just a funny shape. Um, mm. So that's been the one limitation so far. <laughs> but yeah, so there, there are some of the main um, adaptations I've made. Other adaptations you will want to make are not lying on your back for too long at one time uh-huh. so in the supine position um, and that's simply because it can decrease blood flow to the baby especially in third trimester um, now if you're moving like doing a hip thrust moving your hips and glutes up and down that's okay for one or two or three sets but you don't want to just lie on your back for too long uh-huh. and your midwives and doctors will usually tell you to sleep on your side and things like that um so sure. yeah that's one that thing and Perfect. I can jump into other things to avoid if you like while I'm... Well, I think that would flow nice into this next question, actually, as far mm-hmm. as um, the safety of exercise in pregnancy, which 
I think bounces off a lot of what we've said and even some of the you know, old, old school views where people got um, negative feedback in the past. Like, obviously, this is about, as you said, getting clearance and what you've done before and is very individualised. But I'm sure you would have some pretty cool tips, just general tips that you could share with listeners as far as safety with exercise and kind of classic do's and don'ts. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I um, like to say to my clients is, as I mentioned, it's a maintain rather than a gain phase. So we're maintaining and the aim is to feel good and enjoy being pregnant and celebrate that. The next thing is to work to not to maximal exertion. Don't push yourself to 100% like you you might have in the past. Um, What's recommended is that you work to a 7 out of 10 RPE. An RPE scale is their rate of perceived exertion. So again, that's subjective and that will be individual Mm. depending on your own fitness level. Um, So it's about, okay, not really pushing yourself to that very last rep, um, but saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to about 70%. Let's stop there. Let's take a rest and we can go again. That's generally how I've been training and how I've been training my clients to train as well. Um, One big thing is to avoid overheating. And that's another reason not to push yourself because the baby can't self-regulate um, their temperature at the moment. Um, so you want to avoid hot yoga, saunas, they're all contraindicated um, and overheating. So if you find yourself getting very, very hot, you definitely want to stop and you want to avoid reaching that point um, in any case. So just, yeah, maintaining nice, cool breathing if you can, not getting over hot. Um, as I mentioned, stick with low impact exercises. Skipping is one of them. And then running is actually another one that you want to avoid. However, this is the thing. It is case by case. There are people out there who run throughout their whole pregnancy without Mm. any issues. And elite athletes as well, like Olympic athletes and stuff. So it is a case by case and how comfortable you feel. The way I was trained was um, to stop running at 20 weeks. So halfway during your pregnancy. (coughs) And the only reason for that is simply because of the impact the growing bump has on the pelvic floor. Right. So I remember my trainer saying, weigh up the risk versus benefit. Um, there's already increased pressure on the pelvic floor. Why put more pressure on the pelvic floor? What is the benefit? Can we go for a walk instead or can we do something else that instead? So, um, yeah, that's that's the way I've been trained. So that's what I pass on to my clients. Um, Charlotte did it in were... Sex in the City. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then everyone can do it, right? <laughs> she ran through that pregnancy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, some women do. Um, you just not have to be mindful of your balance because of that center of gravity and everything. So it's, it's not something that I've done during my pregnancy. I've done a lot of walking, but I haven't done any running. And I haven't felt um, like I miss running or anything. I, I don't feel confident to run. I, and if you ask me to run now, I, I don't think it would be safe. <laughs> <laughs> it just be confident for reasons, right? That's all. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am really, really keen to hear yes. a bit more about training the pelvic floor. Like I feel like it's yes. something, you, yeah, I feel like that is a space that um, obviously I've got so many clients that work with pelvic floor physios um, throughout and mm. their pregnancy and postpartum. And I know there is some great um, physios in that space. But like you said, like for a personal trainer or women's physique expert, as we're calling you, um, who works obviously <laughs> obviously more like bridging that gap where someone can be in the gym and be doing stuff every day or at home and doing exercises every day, like how what is the benefit of training your pelvic floor and what and obviously what can we do for that yep yep great question so that's a huge that was a huge part of our training as well and that was the big eye opener really about what the pelvic floor even is so the pelvic floor is a sling of muscles located um, in your pelvis and it goes from um, front to back and side to side. And it's a sling of muscles that kind of holds in place your bladder, your uterus and your rectum. Okay, kind of keeps them up nice and tight. And um, during pregnancy, there is an increased load on the pelvic floor because of the growing uterus. The uterus expands and gets so heavy and it's so full of fluid. And you've got a three or four kilo baby sitting there. So 
um, there's an increased pressure on your pelvic floor. And whether or not you have a vaginal delivery or a cesarean delivery, um, you're going to have nine months of pressure on your pelvic floor. So there is reason to, to be aware of this and to work on it even in postpartum as well. So from my experience, what I've learned is the more women that are aware of the pelvic floor, even pre-pregnancy, the easier it's going to be in the long run postpartum because they know how to be aware of it and, and what to do. So what I learned in my pre and postnatal training is how to bring awareness of this muscle to women who are pregnant or who want to become pregnant or who are postnatal. And uh, we're going to do a little exercise and I'm going to try explain it so that all the <laughs> listeners can do it too. <laughs> love it, love it. I'm and clenching already. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> um, it's a breathing exercise. So this is the main thing that I, I teach my, my um, especially pregnant clients. Now, as someone who's not pregnant, and if you're lifting weights regularly, you actually do this um, without realizing, because if you're bracing properly for your lifts, you will be bracing your diaphragm, which is connected to your pelvic floor. Um, but that's not actually how it's taught to us as personal trainers. It's just taught as core bracing and abdominal pressure. But now, when you move to pregnancy, it's actually taught to us as core bracing and pelvic floor bracing. Mm. And they're actually all connected. Your diaphragm, your core and your pelvic floor. It's a sling of muscles that all kind of overlap each other. So what a pre and post trainer can do is what I'm about to do now, kind of go through some pelvic floor breathing to increase your awareness. So when you are lifting during pregnancy, you're doing so safely with awareness of that breath and you're keeping that intra-abdominal pressure nice and safe and even throughout. Um, and why, why do we want to do this? Because we want to make sure we don't raise or lower our blood pressure. We don't change our blood pressure too much during a lift. That's probably the main um, risk that you're, you want to be aware of. Um, and this is what my women's health physio highlighted to me as well. She said, you don't want any changes in blood pressure. So we're going to take things nice and slow and breathe. Mm-hmm. So we are going to um, practice a breath or pelvic floor exercise called the NAC, K-N-A-C-K. That's kind of what it's known as. And all it is is a nice squeeze and lift and a relaxation of the pelvic floor. That's all it is. Sounds really simple and it is, but they, they, they're both as important as each other. Where a lot of women, I think, are aware of the squeeze and lift. But in pregnancy, the relaxation part becomes really, really important because that's what you're going to probably need to do during birth and allow things to to relax so number one about being aware of it so firstly we're going to do an inhale and an exhale the inhale we're going to expand our diaphragm by 360 degrees so you want to kind of see your diaphragm just under your ribs you want to see that going out rather than sucking in so that's on the inhale at the same time you're going to relax your pelvic floor and kind of think of letting it all hang out okay (laughs) So we'll do a big inhale, diaphragm goes out 360 degrees and pelvic floor completely relaxes. Okay, it's loose. And then on the inhale, your diaphragm will naturally, or sorry, exhale, your diaphragm will naturally contract a bit and you want to squeeze and lift your pelvic floor. I liken it to like a drawstring purse. You want to squeeze that drawstring purse and bring it up as you exhale. That's the opposite, that, like the way you just, did the breath absolutely opposite mm. of how I would like I think I've been thinking about it like when I would mm. when I would imagine that string pulling up as you just said my tendency is to breathe in at the same time does that make sense like to breathe in yes. and draw up at the same time as opposed to breathe out or yes. have I got that around the wrong way yeah, no, that's, and I think that's what most people think it is. Yeah, breathe yeah. Breathe in at the same time. Yeah, but you actually want to breathe in and let it relax. Yeah, that's fascinating. To create space, yeah. Yeah, And then yeah. as you exhale, things contract and tighten up. And that contraction of your pelvic floor, it doesn't have to be like squeeze really tight. It's actually only 5 to 10% of your, of your capacity um, and being aware of that. So how do you squeeze and lift? Think of, about um, stopping your urine is probably the... Mm the uh, most PC, <laughs> the easiest way to say it. <laughs> uh, There's lots of different cues out there. But um, yeah, that's what you want to think about. So hopefully that has made sense. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, but that's something I'll get my clients to do even in their warm-up. Um, 
Because again, it's getting you into that mindset, getting you aware of the pelvic floor. Okay, I'm about to go and lift a weight. Now can I do that as I lift and as I move up and down? And that's what mm-hmm. I'll be training, like Lange was saying. And that's why my reps are so slow in the gym as well. What about, um, it's very old school, but stomach vacuums. There's, you know the stomach vacuum exercise? I'm curious whether that, but then now I think about it, it feels like it's the opposite of what you're saying, like where you would, with that, the stomach vacuums, like you're, you're actually like breathing everything in. in and pulling everything in at the same time. So it's probably the opposite of what we want to be doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those stomach vacuums, they're kind of designed for, to train the core and to really get yeah. that, that abdominal definition. Like you'll see bodybuilders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do them. Yeah. Um, look in pregnancy, you actually wouldn't be able to physically do that because Everything is True. so stretched out to accommodate the growing yeah. bump. So that's, yeah, yeah one thing to look sense. out for. It, yeah, yeah. So even like the thoughts of doing a vacuum now, I'm like, well, where would I even do it? <laughs> <laughs> where do I suck this back to? It's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so suppose, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. The pelvic floor, it is. It's amazing. Um, and it's not something you think about pre-pregnancy, really. And, and then post-pregnancy, that's what you'd be working on. That's probably the first thing you'll work on to make sure that's nice and strong mm. before you go back lifting weights as well. Um, yeah. So that would be one of the things you look for postpartum. Another thing you look for is um, the, the connective tissue. So as you, the bump grows, the connective tissue in your stomach can separate, so abdominal separation. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really common. There's a, there's a line of connective tissue called the linea alba, and that can separate a little bit as the bump grows. And it's really common. I think it happens mm. in like 80% of women. And um, so that's something you want to be aware of. And that's something that I can check for, as well as your, your women's health physio can check for. And if we have that separation, then we'll do specific exercises to heal and repair that before getting back to normal training post-pregnancy. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think just being aware of all of this what it avoids is people just jumping straight back into training without getting checked. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely. As, yeah, as far as I know, your GP check is, is different. They're not going to check for things like this. Mm. You know, it's not going to be in this detail. Um, and especially if you are a weightlifter, um, you know, it's, it's not really within your GP's scope to kind of ask oh, about these things. Absolutely, yeah. As much. Yeah, so this is what about this knowledge is. Sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking, kind of flowing on for that, um, you've mentioned a lot about having a physio, a women's health physio. So mm. is how does that flow into this as far as, say, someone has someone like yourself that we're working with? How does that physio come on board and what's their role that they can play in this? And you've mentioned and alluded to a few things, but I guess there might be listeners like, well, what's, what's sort of the difference? Why would I do both things? Yeah, yeah, good, good question. So honestly, the thing is, you'll be seeing your personal trainer, let's just say, and then you get pregnant. Um, and you, if your personal trainer is pre and postnatally qualified and they have this knowledge, they can absolutely help you and assist you and, and use the terminology and have the confidence to do so. But going to the women's health physio is actually your eyes on the inside. So they can actually, we can talk about the pelvic floor all day, but the women's health physio can actually check and see. And um, there's a difference between a hypo, hypotonic and a hypertonic pelvic floor. So either a really, really tight pelvic floor or one that's actually a little bit loose. And there'll be different signs and symptoms, you know, so urinary incontinence is a big one. Some people have that pre-pregnancy. If you do, it's a sign that your pelvic floor just requires a little bit of work and there's exercises that you can do. But going to the women's health physio, what she was able to do for me was actually give me an ultrasound and show me the contraction and the relaxation of the pelvic floor on a screen. Yeah, and you've got that visual to what you're doing to make sure you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's not like another exercise like a squat where I can see you squatting and we can we can fix your technique with your pelvic floor. I can't see you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the the women's health physio, you know, 
understands in so much great detail the pelvic floor, the anatomy there. Obviously, they, that's what they've specialized in. So they can talk to you in a lot more detail about this. They can show you on the ultrasound how it's working. They can talk to you about your pelvic floor, whether it is hypotonic or hypertonic. If it is a, a hypertonic, so quite tight, and actually, apparently, a lot of us ladies go around with really over tight pelvic floors um, these days because of our high stress, busy lifestyles, um, sucking in our core or feeling anxious, that can lead to things just being tightened up. Um, so your women's health physio might help you to kind of detrain it and relax mm. it during pregnancy. Cause that's, yeah, so that was really interesting mm. as well. Um, there are your eyes on the inside. So increase your awareness and um, it helps you postnatally as well to give you specific exercise or rehab exercises if you've had a vaginal or a cesarean birth there'll be different things that they want to do with you so what they do is kind of give you the clearance for exercise give you the clearance for exactly what's safe and then your personal trainer or coach can work with you based on those guidelines mm-hmm. yeah that yeah, so, is absolutely it, perfect explanation <laughs> yeah i hope so <laughs> any of my clients who are pregnant as soon as they get pregnant, they say, right, great. We can keep training, but please see your women's health physio first and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of your clients see a health physio? Uh, sorry, women's health physio? Oh, only the, the currently pregnant ones or the, um, the, the freshly postnatal ones. Mm. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, the new moms. Yeah. But anyone else who's been a mom for years has either gone through this already or mm-hmm. unfortunately weren't aware of this at the time mm, and may have lived mm. with yeah so you know and i think we're so lucky nowadays we've got too much knowledge almost um yeah. you know we're so aware that urinary urinary incontinence postnatally is not normal and you can do something about it whereas i think in the past apparently a lot of women have just put up with it um mm. or yeah like bladder leakage when you're coughing and sneezing i think that's quite common and even as we age whether you've had kids or not i think it becomes more common so mm. Just seeing women who specialize in this area can help and give you simple exercises to increase awareness and train it up. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now, we're slowly coming towards the end, but we did hit up people through socials to see if they had any specific questions. So do you feel like um, either of you actually um, received any questions that we haven't covered that you'd love to dive into or do you feel like we've covered everything I just want to make sure we've crossed all the t's and dotted the i's for the questions that people had Um, I just had one question come through yep what was that Michelle and it was what exercises should you avoid when you're pregnant ah I didn't really talk about it there's a few things you want to avoid such as back bends which you'll do more so in um yoga and pilates I feel um and also twisting twisting your core now i have tried to do those in pregnancy just to see what they feel like and they don't feel good (laughs) so i think a lot of this a lot of the recommendations they just i think your body will also tell you as you go through pregnancy you know and you'll know oh that doesn't feel good i'm not going to do that movement Mm. um and then exercises that cause doming or peaking and what that is is where your um, abdominal muscles cannot contract to sustain um, stability in the core. So, for example, in, if you're doing a plank and you find that there's um, your your abdomen just kind of hangs down and it's really loose, mm-hmm. that's what we want to avoid because that's putting increased pressure on your abdomen, and that can lead to like a, a larger tear um, in your abdomen and things like that. So, you want to avoid things that yeah cause doming and peaking and typically that will be things like planks sometimes even push-ups when you're kind of on all fours so again your women's health physio or your pre and postnatal coach will go through that with you um, but apart from that then it's a case by case some people are really comfortable doing lunges right up until week 40 and some people need to stop lunging because it caused pelvic pain during during pregnancy so it's about finding what works for you mm. Yeah, and it's, it's actually interesting just how minimal that list is that you just mentioned because I think there's, again, to go right back to the start, I think there'd be a lot of fear around a lot of movement um, patterns yeah. or types of exercise 
that women would feel like would be for some reason unsafe. But I think you just really, it's, it's, it's actually quite a short, short list, again, individualized to what you usually do. But yeah, yeah, for someone who is used to working out, does all of the sort of normal types of more common compound lifts and so forth, like it, majority of it sounds like it's fine. It's just that adaption and individualizing. Yep, exactly. Adapting, reducing the intensity, Mm. increasing bodily awareness from, Mm. from the information you get from health providers and, um, just yeah, taking it slow is, is the main thing I think. Yeah. And Rissi, how, how about you? Did you get a question or two that you feel we haven't covered? Yeah, I had, I had a couple, I feel like one we've covered. So one was, um, returning to exercise postpartum and what to do and when and how, which I do feel like you Mm. definitely covered, definitely checking, obviously having people in your corner, like yourself, like a, a coach to obviously coach you through what the right things are based on what your women's health physio says. So did you want to add any more, any more into, into answering that question before I ask the next one? No, I think that's it. I think, yeah, just get informed and get that confidence and before you go doing your, your usual training. Yeah. Yeah. I do know the person specifically that asked that question. She was a big runner and trail runner before falling pregnant too. So she's one of my clients and she was, yeah, they were, she was right into her trail, trail running and stuff like that. But obviously like differentiation from going back to the gym, because I know a lot of women get out and just go walking. But if we're talking about starting to even up the ante with that, would you still say, let's get advice and make sure from a, a women's health perspective or physio perspective, even with getting back into like higher intensity walking and running that you get some advice around that as well? Definitely, because you might be feeling great. And this is the thing, this is the thing with the pelvic floor, because it's also internal. You might be feeling fantastic and then you go back to your trail runs and then six weeks or even six months later, it can lead to things like, yes, the incontinence, but also prolapse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And things like that, that can be avoided through simple checkups with your women's health physio, internal investigations or ultrasounds. And just getting that knowledge and doing any little bit of rehab that you may need to do beforehand and then getting back into your trail running. So that's what I would do just to That's really, yeah, because we didn't actually cover prolapse at all. And that's a really, Mm. I feel like, again, just probably for women who either just didn't know, like I definitely feel like I've got a lot of um, mums who are in the more their perimenopause years now. So their kids are Mm. older and that's something they've experienced. And probably like you said, because a lot of like when they were having their babies, there wasn't as much information around pelvic floor rehab and, and labor rehab, right? Like you said, it's yeah. running your biggest yeah. marathon. Like there's not as much focus putting put on labor rehab for women. And I think society puts so much pressure on women to get back into your pre-baby body so quickly that sometimes that comes at the expense of reaching out to the right people before you step back into these gym mm. and exercise type scenarios intensely. Definitely. So Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are so lucky now we have this information. It's still not available everywhere. I still have people even asking me on, on social media, why pelvic floor training and what am I doing that for and what's the importance? And then I've had people tell me stories of prolapse mm. and how it's, it's real. Um, yep. Yeah. Personally, I have no interest in, in following that um, narrative of post baby body or no. anything like that. Because I think when, once you've gone through it, you have a whole new level of understanding of what your body is actually capable of and how amazing it is. And why would you want to disrespect that or treat (laughs) treat it badly? You know, I think it's just like, just, just go with it, take it day by day and, and um, do your rehab exercises if you need to do them and and take your time. Yeah. There's no rush. But also too, like Mm. your your body said like, yeah. And what you sort of said too, like with your body, the female body being so amazing with growing a human, like your body is not the same after you've had a baby. Mm. And I think, you know, we can't, we have to let go of this notion as women that it is going to be the same. Like you, you have grown a human, birthed mm. a human, probably feeding a human. Mm. Like there's, there's, there's yeah, so much exactly. that happens. Yeah. It's this, yeah. I think yeah. just having this real appreciation for how much the female body actually goes through in 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 you know pregnancy yeah. and the postpartum space and labor so yeah 
it's eye-opening. It's been a whole eye-opening experience, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So my next question was, um, and I know you touched on this a little bit before with backbends and things like that, but tips for doing yoga and reformer Pilates safely in the first trimester. Ah, okay. So in the first trimester is when you'll obviously be the smallest. You won't have much of a bump at all. So if you're feeling good and feeling up to it, you should technically be able to still go to your... Um, yoga pilates there, there are um pregnancy yoga and pilates specific classes available so you could go to those and what you'd imagine is the the teacher there is is pre and postnatal trained so they would be able to give you those adaptations if needed um, but in first trimester there's a lot you could do if you're feeling good there's still a lot first and second trimester especially because you don't have this physical bump on the front of you you've still got your balance and your coordination in most cases um, so there's a lot more you can do i feel and you can even move freely you can probably still run um, obviously keeping it low impact but yeah i think i think it would be if you're low risk if you've got clearance if you feel confident um, obviously letting the teacher know that you're in your first trimester and, and taking it slow but there's a lot you can still do there at that time I think the other thing that I always say to my clients as well is that if you haven't, and I know you did touch on this before as well, but if you haven't done a specific type of training, like if you've never done Pilates, don't go and start it in your first mm-hmm. trimester. And if you ask, if it is something yeah. you want to do, then work with someone who has specialized in exactly what you have in terms of pregnancy and postpartum exercise training so I think that's the biggest thing don't like that I say to my clients especially in the first trimester when you're tired you're you know don't feel like you need to go and push yourself and do all of these new things um just Mm -hmm. relax in that space be very respectful of your fatigue levels throughout the entire pregnancy Mm -hmm. of course but especially in the first Mm -hmm. trimester and if you're someone if you do want to get fitter like let's just say you're someone who's come from I haven't done much fitness to date but I've fallen pregnant all of a sudden and I want I know that this is great for my body and my baby really go out and get the advice of someone who understands the pregnant female body if you're very new to anything in the exercise space and what is safe to do and not to do within your you know physical okayness <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely space. totally agree yeah. And there are so many pregnancy classes available now for almost every type of exercise. You know, there's even pregnancy strength training classes that you can attend as well. And, you know, you, your, um, your training there would be semi-individualized, I guess, where they're able to tell you, OK, this is what's safe for you, depending on your history and things like that. So seeking advice and not going alone is a huge one. My last question just came from an anonymous person and they just said, how does Michelle look so damn good with that bump? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I wonder who sent that through. Anon. Anon. Well, well, to answer that question. <laughs> no. Oh, luckily, I've been feeling good. That's the main thing. Just, yeah, been very, very lucky. And she takes care of herself to speak about you like you're not here. Like, remember, you know, the other... <laughs> The other part of what you are very much um, passionate about is the nutrition component. So obviously today's been so focused on movement and and exercise and training, but you know, you, you, you live what you practice. So yes, you train and you exercise and you move your body, but you also eat really well and know what's right for your body, which is, you know, the obvious other component of all of this. So it yeah, doesn't surprise 100%. me that she is a beacon <laughs> oh, of pregnancy Ooh, wellness. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, the pressure, the pressure. Yeah, um, I've done my best, and the thing is, pregnancy will hit you with really good days and really bad days. Yeah. I think no matter where you are on the spectrum of health, and I, I've sought out nutritionist support, even though I've you know done a lot of training and towards the end of my degree now, um, I've still got you know. Um, other advice because you know you do need that second opinion and it's nice yeah. to have that reassurance um and you're not just looking after you you're looking after a baby so it's like okay i better do this properly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah to ask uh, anything we haven't covered anything that you wanted to add before we finish up for the day 
I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. I hope it made sense and I hope it flowed. Um, I think, no, I'm really happy with that. Are you girls happy with that? Yes. Sure, sure I am. I guess my final last question would be, and you might not even know yet, but now you're, you know, obviously we will be with a bub soon. How have you thought about your future with being an online fitness and nutrition coach? Mm. Do you think, because a lot of women when they go through pregnancy just get so um, passionate about this process that they tend to go, right, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to specialise in this area. Are you thinking in that way or are you still like kind of wearing the hat of like, okay, now I have this as this really valuable tool that I know I'm trained in, I've experienced, I can help other women, but do you still feel like you want to be working in that sort of full open space of what you do? Yeah, great question. Uh, it's definitely made me more passionate to work with women and women's physiques now that I have an even greater understanding of you know what a lot of my clients have been through multiple times sometimes it's mm. just amazing <laughs> um, but no I don't feel the urge to specialize in pregnancy only training um, but it's definitely something I feel a lot more confident with now something I can really enjoy doing and, and relate to on a personal level now. So I'm so glad, you know, um, I often joke with my husband, I'm like, this is the best business decision ever. Ha ha ha. But no, no, I'll continue doing and, and working with all women um, from all ages and all experiences. And I've, I've got some women who, you know, preconception is on their mind for, you know, next year or the year after. And that's, something I can help them with as well, prepare their bodies, their, their mind and their body for. So I think it's just, it's just going to help. And yeah, I'll keep, keep doing yeah. what I do, oh. hopefully. <laughs> so where can people listening find you? If they're like, where is this lady? I want to see her bump. I want to get in contact. <laughs> How do they do so? Uh, well, if you go to Instagram, you'll see it all there. <laughs> so my, my handle, Michelle Mar Fitness, I'm sure you'll, post that or you may have seen that but yeah instagram is the best place i think to reach out there send me a message um that's that's where i i hang out these days <laughs> wonderful well thank you so much that's just been really valuable conversation i know i've learned some things along the way including thinking i was doing pelvic floor exercises the right way apparently the wrong way <laughs> but um <laughs> It's been really, really great to have you and I'm sure we'll definitely have you back again um, to discuss plenty more in the world of women's training because um, it's something we're pretty passionate about at the clinic. Um, we seem to be getting the, you know, we've always had a group of women that love to train, but I think there's um, a pretty serious <laughs> sort of movement with a few in particular in certain directions um, <laughs> as far as like starting to compete and all sorts of things so we'll probably wow. have you back on at a point to talk about um, some of those niche areas yeah amazing we're, we're all about comparing yeah. our guns lately <laughs> wow <laughs> love it yes happy to join the conversation thanks so much for having me girls it's been a pleasure it's been yeah, so good so to see you both Fantastic. Thank okay, you. thanks everyone and thanks for joining. If you've got thanks any questions at all and uh, you want to reach out to any of us, particularly Michelle, she's obviously just mentioned her handle there. We'll pop that in the show notes so you can get in contact. Um, and anything in general about this particular topic, you can reach out to any of us through IG. So otherwise, have a fantastic day and we'll chat to you soon. Bye. Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.